You are now listening to Out of the Blank. 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 Welcome to another episode of Out of the Blank Podcast. I'm here with Carly Wooden. Hey. <laughs> Carly, please tell everybody a little bit about yourself and what do you do professionally? So I am, I work in a normal day job in recruitment sales. However, my sideline is uh, I've recently started up the White Witch podcast and I am starting up a witchcraft business um selling different candles and uh it'll be sort of merchandise every the real aim of the company is to kind of move away from some of the gothic black dated witchcraft type products basically just bringing it into uh the current era. So yeah, that's me and what I do. Before we dive off into the witch stuff, which we're definitely going to talk about, what type of stuff do you do professionally? Like you, you said you work from home. So what types of things do you do? Like do you work in a business selling online things? Okay. So I actually um, work for a recruitment company in education and I work from home, which is quite pretty nice. I go into London once a week. And, um, yeah, so I, that's why obviously I'm always listening to podcasts because I am literally sat at my desk at home for a good eight hours a day. Um, really love the job. That's probably why I quite like talking to people. So yeah, it's a I good find, job I'm here. <laughs> I, find, I find a large number of my audience that are like, we like listening to it on, on our commute to work because some people drive one, two hours or something. So next thing you know, they can pop on a podcast and next thing you know, they're listening and they can listen to a full length of it, you know, and it kills the time to the drive. I mean, some people are commuting, what, two hours to work every day, then two hours back home. So what are you going to do? You can only listen to show tunes for so long. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure like anything, Old Town Road, all these popular songs are out. They get old after a while. You can only do so many renditions of Annie, right? In two oh hours, my or goodness. you know, whatever one, you, whatever musical you're gonna, you're gonna Mary Poppins. We could go on, but <laughs> do you listen to musicals in the car? No, I'm actually not a musical fan. My daughter is. I don't know where I went wrong. I'm, I'm a, um, no, I'm a like bit of a Nirvana, like Ben Howard. I listen to, I listen to a bit of everything, but I do believe in terms of you're right the driving the commute to work I think it sets the mood so if you've constantly got music going on it really adjusts and sets the tone for like your journey and different music is a different feel so I think sometimes the podcast can be quite soothing quite relaxing and just gets your mind going basically so I mean the best part about working from home too is like you can make your own hours like you're your own boss I always wanted to do that like just being able to wake up whenever and then work at my own pace as well like at my work I have my own set of things I have to do but once I get done I'm like I'd rather just go I don't want to have to wait on somebody else I want to be able to be like make sure I can get my stuff done when I need it done so I have all this time to do whatever, or maybe just go home. Cause honestly, anytime spent sitting around, like I work at a hotel. So on days we're not busy, you're just sitting around on your phone and I'm like, can I just go home? 
they're like, why don't you just play Angry Birds on your phone and get paid for it? I'm like, because this is wasting my day. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's a Saturday and I'm inside a hotel playing Angry Birds. I could be doing this at home, but like, well, you're getting paid for it. But I'm like, I could be doing other beneficial things, like maybe putting gas in my car. I don't know about you, but I think if ever I'm at work, it's, I'm all or nothing. Like, I've got to throw, like, balls to the wall. I'm going 100%. I'm doing it all and then I'm off, I'm out. Like, that's it. But I do think, I think that's, um, again, like you're you're the same as me. You've got your day job. You've got your side interests. It's always like 100 miles an hour. Just doing things that are constructive, that are productive. I'm not good at sitting there playing Angry Birds or, you know, like things that aren't necessarily going to not benefit me, but aren't going to be sort of self-developmental, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I, I can get that. I mean, for like, how, how do you, how did you go from pod or how did you go from working at home to doing a podcast about witchcraft? Like, oh. how, how did you, <laughs> like, is, is this, 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 that seems like we took a left turn somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> so it might be quite like that on this podcast, but no, I am um, basically, I'd, I'd always had it as, I'd always had the witchcraft side of things as an interest. Um, my mum's a bit of a sort of hippie witch and without the title, without giving herself the title. However, now, I witch felt or that... Wiccan. Witch or Wiccan though? Witch or Wiccan? That's an important... Uh, more of a witch with some of the Wiccan beliefs, yes. I mean, I love the Wiccan, you know, I love the Wiccan beliefs anyway, but we don't, we identify a lot of the... Um, festivals and so on I'd, I'd say more of a witch than a full-blown Wiccan um but I think really it just stemmed from going into the witchcraft stuff from the day job because I feel that it was just an element of creativity and when you're in a day job it's just a bit of an itch that you can't always scratch if you've got things that you want to be doing outside of work it's quite hard to it's quite hard to juggle everyday life and a day job and your interests. And I think you've got to try and balance them all, you know, if anything, for your own sort of mental health, your own well-being. Because it's, it's really frustrating if you're just going to work and coming home and that's it. Yeah, you got to have a sense of relaxation. Home. And for you, you don't even get a break. I mean, your work is your home, so you're surrounded by it 24-7, you know. Yeah, that's a really good point, actually, because... I think a lot of people are experiencing it now. I think a lot of people think working from home is, and and it can be, there's pros and cons, definitely. I've been doing this for six, working from home for a good seven years this month, actually. And I think that it can create a certain energy. And I look at this little corner of my room where my desk is and how many times I'm on the phone and people say no to me until the rejection is like. Yeah, my grandma worked from home. <laughs> I never understood what that meant. She was always like, you know, she'd always be home, but do for random hours of the day, she'd be like, put herself in her office and be on a conference call or she'd be on her laptop doing something. I'm like, can I play on the laptop? She's like, no, I'm doing work right now. You can do something else. I'm like, okay. Um, so I used to spend weeks up with her in summertime. And I remember we, we were, I was playing Wii and I was making a lot of noise because I was playing this. Um, it was when they had Wii Sports Resort. I don't know if you've ever played that before. But, um, no, my daughter had a Wii though, so I know, yeah, I do know some of the games. It's a it, lot yeah. of physical movement. Yeah. Until, yeah. You, <laughs> until you figure out the tricks of where you can just sit on the couch and it basically just move your hand around really fast. But back before I figured that out, I was playing like baseball and then there was this fighting game on one of them. Uh, 
and I was playing it and I was making a lot of noise screaming every time. Like I would like knock somebody and be like, yeah. And my grandmom's <laughs> in a conference call, just opens up the doors. Like, are you kidding me? I'm like, Oh, like I didn't even really understand what it was, but there was obviously time she was busy, but it was weird because she would disconnect and she wouldn't step into her office. She'd be like, cause that's work. I'm like, but it's a part of your house. She's like, yeah. But for most people, they go to a place and then they leave, they go home, they get that break from work. You don't have that break when it's in your house, when it's around you 24 seven, it's all that room is always there. It makes it easy for when a problem happens, you can go right to your workplace, but you're never really off work. You're always kind of on call. The, it's true. The lines are so blurred and you do always feel like that. And I think that's more of a tendency now with companies as well. We get given, you know, a lot of people have their work mobile phone. You do constantly feel like you're on call, basically. But psychologically, yes, there's a part of my, you know, my place where my desk's all set up and I'll literally look at it on a weekend and think, oh, there's the phone of doom. <laughs> But I think for me, in terms of working style, it gave it's given me a really good discipline because whether or not that's healthy, trust me, I do identify that downtime is needed. So I'm pretty good at, you know, from self-care perspective, taking time out. However, I think it's given me that discipline because working from home, you kind of feel guilty thinking that colleagues of yours in the office might be thinking oh, she's working from home. Like, what's she doing? Is she having a really long tea break? Or, you know, is they she don't even know. You're, ca you're casting spells on them. They don't even know. I am. Astral projection. I'm somewhere exactly. else. <laughs> Look, conference call goes wrong. You're sitting there doing some voodoo stuff. Next thing you know, the guy's like, ah, like, I feel like a sharp pain is back. You got a little doll of the guy dabbing him. <laughs> That's exactly it. That's exactly it. And uh, yeah, and I work at all female, sorry, an all male company. So you can imagine that uh, goes down quite well and they know that she's a witch. Yeah. <laughs> you got to play that dominant role. They got to show them, like, hey, look, yeah. I can make your whole head do a 360 right now. Exactly. Exactly. So, <laughs> no, it's, it's true. The working from home aspect, but I genuinely think it's, it, it gives them um, and, and work styles are changing now. Like a lot of people are, are they are working from home. We, it's, it's such a more flexible, um, you know, way that things are going now It's so much more flexible with, for that. But it, it does also mean that you do end up, it does, it can take over your life. Yes. So you, you told me your mother was interested in witchcraft. Now, I know a little bit about witchcraft. Um, a lot of what you see um, when they call the old schools of mysticism or old schools of magic um, are, are games that I was kind of, I used to play with all the time. Um, games like Skyrim and Oblivion, you're probably not going to know what they are, but they based around the medieval times. You get to yeah. you know, have a sword, but is where I was first really introduced into them. The modern day magic that we would consider now, which would be considered witchcraft, is more of types of healing properties that Wiccans would do. For people that don't know what Wiccans and witches are, witches are ones that are like the ones, your potions, your brews, all the bad stuff, you know, getting what they want, you know, those types. Um, but Wiccans were people that used their magic for healing purposes. And it's popular with the Salem witch trials, which everybody brings up. 
it, it, that's our only recognition of witches because people were literally being burned alive and tested, thrown off bridges, um, sunken underwater just to see if they would float and see that would tell them if they were a witch or not. The witch would sink. If they weren't a witch, they would float to the top. And uh, surprisingly, everybody floated. Uh, okay. <laughs> now, it does not you're damned mean... Damned if you do, you're damned if you don't, yes. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't mean that witches aren't real, but it's it was highly popularized back then. And there's a theory going around that instead of a guy breaking up with someone, he'd be like, oh, she's a witch. And then next thing you know, the girl gets killed just to end the relationship. That's a bit of a theory on that whole spin of why there were so many people that were killed. Now, the thing about magic, anything of that sort, it's something people don't understand. It is a mystery. Now, the the modern day magic you see now, whether it's using energy healing, Reiki energy healing, all those types of things with crystals and these types of things that use positive kind of emotion using a force of energy. What is your belief on any of these types of things? I certainly believe it's to do with energy, but personally I identify more with the, I, I really say going back to the, you know, pagan Wiccan beliefs, um, because really this had all started out before the Christian church and had been, you know, everyone was sort of moved away from those beliefs, which beliefs, because that all tapped into nature, you know, you're never really going to make any money out of the natural, you know, the natural world, are you? The, the church was brought in, people would put their money into the church, you know, even the sort of peasants would, you know, be, be sort of tithing, putting their money into a church. So they were moved away from the more old school natural beliefs. But absolutely do believe it really does come down to energy. It really is, to be honest, I think that's the problem now and and always has always been is this misconception of um witches and witchcraft i mean really on the day-to-day none of us are there with i have new and you know bubbling cauldrons it's really more about a lot of it is about um looking after nature looking after you know fellow human beings um it's channeling of energy so a lot of work on manifestation um definitely the energy side is really strong but i ultimately believe that's always been there with the you know what out what you put out there you get back um so you know the threefold rule if you put something bad out you'll get that back three times round like a, um, like a karm like a karma cosmic force in a way Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. And I think that it's such a, I mean, we're seen as the age of the Aquarius now, aren't we? So I think that people are identifying more with those old school beliefs. I mean, I, I'm, I don't, I, you know, I'm very open to all religions, all beliefs. I never shut down anything. I, you know, I just think that um, people are becoming more in tune with, with some are, some aren't, you know, I think there's a, there's a lot, a lot more people becoming more in tune with nature and looking after the world. You know, obviously we've got a huge thing going on with climate crisis currently. And I think that's just strengthened a lot of the interest into some of the old school beliefs and bringing that back. Um, but also people not feeling, not identifying with churches or buildings as, you know, sort of spiritual well, place. We're living in an age now where, it's religion is uh, a little bit on a 
faltering point um, just because of all the millennials and all the people that don't believe in anything anymore, uh, mostly on the concept of the age of suppression. We've we're, we've been based around things that nobody has really truly understand and even brought the point to question. Now, I don't know how much you've listened to, but I am pretty open minded when it comes to religion. Um, yes. I, I'm an ordained minister, obviously, under the Church of Bacon. And um, it's it's all a concept here. We're, we're living by structured things. I think a lot of people need to pay attention to. It is a beneficial to some that can have that belief in it, and it is a beneficial to others who can't fall a th- thing to that belief. Um, holding themselves more accountable on the actions that they do, knowing that they're in the wrong, rather than some deity telling them they're in the wrong. Now, when it comes to the world where we're at today. You're seeing a lot more people be open to an energy around us, which is known as empathy. Um, A lot of people give off a certain energy. There's people that you've probably met in your everyday life. I know I have too, um, that are what I call a wet towel personality, where they start talking to you and eventually you're like, shit, like, man, you're just draining. Like, I don't know what, how to strike up a conversation with you. And then you meet the person where you have a conversation with, and it feels like you just, you just took 10 energy drinks. Like, whoa, like I just, that was the best conversation I've ever had. Like we talked about nothing but 18th century yo-yos, like just went nuts. I love those people so much. It's so true what you say. You can be absolutely exhausted. You'll have one chance encounter with somebody like that. And then you think, yeah, come join my tribe. <laughs> You're definitely one of my people. Um, yeah, absolutely. And and that coming back to the energy side of things, I just think that that's so, um, again, what you put out there, you, you know, it is what you get back, not in a greed-driven analysis of it but genuinely if you you know if you're nice to people people will be nice to you if you you know if you're generous you'll get it back it it just speaks such volumes and I think people are starting to um I think it's sort of spread between two people I think there's that enlightenment where you realize that and you think you know if I if I want something if I put in the actions then in my mind, I usually think that a God or a uni- you know, or the universe or whatever you believe in will bring a helping hand and, you know, try and lay the path for you, try and give you the, the help to step a little bit further along. You know, it's just things move, doors open, things move out of the way for you to get going. And I, that's my genuine belief. Nobody, nobody wants to be told what to do, but we want to feel like we have a guiding hand or a structure to follow around where we still have our freedoms. Um, the thing is, when someone tells us what to do, uh, if they're just a person, um, what we would consider just an average day human or something, and then someone of a higher power, maybe a celestial being or something in religion telling you what to do, it's it has a whole different interpretation. It has a whole different effect on you because you believe that they know more than you based on their place or their their significant greatness. Now, this was common with witches back in the day. They were seen as monsters and also creatures of a higher power. Um, back in the day, uh, witches were also no, referred to as oracles. Mm-hmm. Um, where you see the movie 300, they all went, all the armies, every all the stuff in ancient Greece and Roman times. Uh, you know, They were all going to these people that could see the future that could have these predictive abilities, giving them sacrifices, giving them um, gifts, uh, momentums, just to be able to kind of get an insight onto what the battlefield would be. Now, 
my fascination when it comes to the powers of witchcraft and not the new modern forms we have today, but are on the schools of mysticism when it comes to conjuration, um, being able to summon things. I always thought that was pretty badass. Like you could just be like, I want a squirrel, bam. And the next, you know, <laughs> a squirrel's there. But w- when you talk about conjuration, it's funny because I brought this up to a couple people that do practice a little bit of art of witchcraft. And like I said, I'm not that I'm saying I'm 100% belief into it, but I'm also not 100% closed off to it. I love that fantasy aspect. I love that idea that there could be a, something so powerful you could summon it into being. But people have been known to do that. If um, you know, they're known as tulpas, summoning ghosts. Like if you get a bunch of people believing in one thing that's just made up, you could actually believe it into existence. Yeah. Um, people do that with ghosts sometimes too. But when you talk about conjuration and summoning things, what do people's minds immediately go to? I think that's the misconception because obviously you start to think of the, you know, demons and the exactly. devil. Exactly. It's got a bad... <laughs> immediately when you say summoning or bringing up conjuration, they immediately think demonology. They immediately yeah. start thinking Ouija board. You're going to summon the devil himself to walk the earth. That's not true. That is not true. However, I'd also say that some modern witchcraft, especially during the 90s and so on, I mean, we, you know, I'm a little bit older. I'm definitely a bit older than you, but you'd have this huge, um, there would just be a lot of stuff out there in relation to the devil and the wrong kind of symbols used in, you know, like T-shirts and merchandise and jewellery and so on. So I don't think that a lot of modern day witches really helped with that. It's kind of a little bit why I started up Um, the white witch company because I feel that a lot of the time I mean I class myself as a white witch so I'm certainly not out there summoning anything and you know if if you listen to my last if anyone listens to like the the podcast episode I've just done um we've just had Samhain like so Halloween which is a time where the veil's really thin it's meant to be a safer time if you are going to mess around with you know Ouija balls do a seance or anything like that because you know obviously spirits are closer to the earth at that point they sell ouija boards at toys r us they used to be a game for people to um a dating game so um i don't know if i've got this right on the timings but around the i think it's around the 50s because you, you kind of it wasn't the done thing to sort of touch each other or anything like that but the energy would be really high so they used it as a dating board game and what are you going to ask the devil who you, oh, that's like, <laughs> that's where the joke came from, that it would be a bunch of girls at a slumber party. Does Derek think my hair is pretty? <laughs> going to ask me to prom? And the next thing you know, the devil's like, yes, but pay me your yes. soul first. <laughs> who moved it? Who moved it? Oh, my God. Kelsey, <laughs> you're such a bitch. <laughs> Just like that, exactly. Yeah, I just, um, I mean, I'm not going to say that I haven't seen, I'm pretty, you know, I'd, I've never wanted to go and get in, involved in anything like that. I've seen things, I've certainly seen people mess around with it and and I've seen things happen as a result. You know, I've seen my younger silly days and always having a fascination with, you know, super, the supernatural and, and witchcraft and so on. And it, it's unnerving, you know, it's just not something that you dabble with. Again, it's that whole rule of, if you're gonna, you know, what you put out there, you'll get you you will get back threefold. So just don't do it. Um, but that, that's the misconception a lot of the time. I think that in terms of witchcraft, that it is you know summoning terrible things, and it's and also going into kind of some of the voodoo practice and so on. I mean, that's 
you know, just anything of, of the dark, the dark side. I think it's that misconception. So that's kind of why I wanted to bring up the podcast and the company just to move it away from that more into the affinity with nature and the goddess and the divine feminine. More of a just, line of spiritualism. Yeah. So it's got the witchcraft. It's certainly got the witchcraft element in there, but it is, again, it's kind of more attuned to the pagan belief the you know my beliefs so it's like I class myself as a green witch because I'm always growing things I'm you know I use my herbs um I'm very connected to animals and and probably more worried about animals than humans I'm a massive empath obviously I love humans but I just think you know everyone's got their own part of the craft that they identify with um and like, I'm a big on. softie so being, being yeah. connected by strings kind of in a way like being interdimensionally connected like you know somebody does this could affect your life somebody acts a certain way obviously we get that in the more realistic terms of someone you know just randomly being an asshole cutting you off in traffic or something and maybe you get into a car accident but more like the strings of fate in a way absolutely i just think there's every action and i think every action has got some kind of um karma to it I really think you have to you have to kind of monitor your thoughts and your acts and then again I think you know I was saying to you earlier about a discipline I think it does come back to that you know the more you do something the more it becomes second nature so I would say that a lot of my life I've spent trying to look at my actions and what the outcome is and you know, just trying to look after my immediate world that I can change. And I just think if everybody did do that, it would be a lot better place. I just think that that therein the issue lies. I don't think enough people, God, that does, that sounds really arrogant. I'm not trying to say that I'm perfect. I mean, I mess up all the time, but I'm just trying to say that I think we're so focused on looking to other people to change what's going on in the world. But if you look at witches or people say sort of 300 years back you know you would never know what was going on on the in the news unless somebody came to your town and delivered what had happened in the next town you know everybody was responsible for their immediate vicinity exactly back before animals yeah your land you you didn't you didn't care or it wasn't you didn't care you wouldn't know what was going outside externally so you just look after your immediate responsibilities yeah, I, I, that. <laughs> it was. Di- it's different now, like communicating, like you'll see somebody could send a text message one minute and it can go all the way across the world. Back in the day, we delivered shit by horses. Yeah, yeah. Like, nobody <laughs> talks about, I got to get this letter to grandma to let her know to be at my house. I got to send this out a week from now. So by the time it gets to her, she has exactly two weeks to get here. Then yeah. you, know, you just didn't get that message, you know. You, the, the guy who was carrying it on horseback died, fell off a cliff or something. <laughs> we never know. You never know exactly. And I think, to be fair, I think it's all how. Uh, don't get me wrong. You know, that's my happy place. Imagining that I'm a witch three hundred years ago, living in a little cottage, brewing up my herbs. However, I think that even now in this day and age, talking about. Um, you know, social media and just connection and sort of text messages and so on. I think it's just how you use it all. 
the internet is can be a wonderful place. It can be a really dark place. It's like anything. It's literally how you use something and what you put out there. Um, but that's ultimately my belief, the energy, the energy side. And I think that is one of the strongest parts of modern day witchcraft. You, you know, obviously um, people do a lot of dark stuff with it. But yeah, well, everybody, everybody loves the idea. Everybody loves the idea of the devil. Everybody loves that. There's, there's, there's this thing you can contact that has power, just like the big man upstairs. But this guy, you can actually summon to your doorstep, even though there's the fear that this guy, this beast, this half man, half whatever fallen angel is really destruction and twist everything you want gives it to you but also twists it around so yeah. many stories you hear about maybe a famous musician a famous actor someone that made a deal with the devil um you know sold his life or whatever uh sold his soul Robert johnson at the crossroads the famous blues singer and like various different stories it, yeah exactly yeah. it's all we have this fascination as people to want to be remembered and want to be loved by all um not the littlest of people but to be loved by all to be wanted somewhere in our life we want this now it's it's what leads people to that because that's the easiest road rather than praying or doing some things, which I, like I said, I'm not religious, but yeah. where that takes time, where it takes time to pray. And then does God give you what you want? Or does what everyone always says is that he makes it so you have the opportunity to get what you want, but you have to also work for it, doing in relying more on yourself. The idea is you don't want to rely on something to grant everything for you and give you everything you ever want. The idea is to give yourself that faith, but understand that your decisions aren't going to have an immediate you know, you're not going to have an immediate answer. You're you're going to need to take it in your own hands. But don't think for a minute that it was all on you, which I kind of yeah. agree and kind of disagree with. Because I yeah. believe that if you can motivate yourself to believe in something, saying that, you know, he'll have a plan for me, and you're still taking your shots and still being able to become the person you want to become, that is 100% you. But yeah. you also had to believe in something to do that as well. Yeah, I think there's an intervention at some point. And, and trust me, I, yeah, I get it. I, I work my ass off like, for everything I want a lot of the time. Um, but I do think that sometimes there'll just be this little intervention or something will just move out of the way naturally or something will happen. But then that could be your own energy again that has caused that to happen. Um, it's funny that you've been talking about the devil because I've just recorded my second podcast and I've actually been reviewing a American book on, the, on, on witchcraft. There's quite a lot in there about the history and trying to say that uh, actually in terms of witchcraft the christian church brought in the idea of the devil and you know witches being evil creatures who cavorted with the devil eight children you know held wild orgies to seduce innocence um so there is that element of belief that it never really appeared in the let's you know going back to the pagan beliefs um but it was introduced as a way to kind of move people away from the old ways if that makes sense. I don't necessarily believe that, but there is, you know, that, that is an argument. Um, 
but yeah, I do, I do agree with, you know, you do need to, if you, if you're channeling your energy, if you're working towards something, you absolutely have to do the hard work yourself. I do just think that there's a little shift or bit of help at times from the universe to get you there. Do you think like, are you in belief of an energy force or not really around us, but more of like the elements? Like I know my grandma, not my grandma, my aunt, um, she's been on my podcast. She was explaining to me, she's a spiritualist. I never really understood it because she goes on the wand, like grabs a wand, goes on the beach and does yoga chants in the morning and then lights candles for the dead. And I decided I can't make fun of it if I've never done it. So I went on to the beach at four o'clock in the morning and I did it with her and I, I had a better understanding of it. It's more about being one with the universe. I mean, I've researched everything from astral projection to one aeronautics to a deeper form of meditation because myself, I struggle with, um, I think everyone does at some point, a struggle with a form of enlightenment. But at the same time, for me with ADHD, being able to calm my mind, um, it's always been hard. I know a lot of people, like if you want to focus on witchcraft or these types of things, you can buy a fucking candle for $6 that says <laughs> it's called meditation and it's supposed to put yeah. you in a relaxing mood. Now, that's not bullshit, yeah. but it is bullshit. Yeah, it's, it's perception. However, you want to see it and yeah. how it. It's the same reason I can smell. Yeah. I can smell a candle, and it's it says Starbucks unicorn frappuccino rainbow fart, and I'm like, what yeah. the hell does that smell like? And then I smell it, and I'm like, oh, that's exactly what that would smell like. And they're like, no, it's because it, it tricks your brain into it. But when it comes to a form of having a candle that says energy, having a candle that says meditation, it's the same thing with the um the little scent diffusers oranges these types of fruits that give an energizing effect after you eat them that are good for breakfast in the morning are if you put that in a candle damn right that's going to keep somebody up but yeah. <laughs> if you put vanilla put stuff that's soothing i mean colors are known to be soothing colors hot colors cold colors you associate blue as being a what a cold color you associate red as being what like fire, heat, yeah, hot, yep. hot color. So you can do that with sense as well. Um, it's it brings it to a whole nother form because that's technically modern day magic. We've learned to create yeah. a device that can use fire. Now, is that like fire coming off your fingertips, or is it at any point in my life when I thought Avatar: The Last Airbender, all this shit, where you could bend the elements, where I could make water come out of a pool and freaking grab somebody and throw them somewhere no none of that shit ever happened and i was upset for hours i spent trying to make a whirlpool in my freaking pool okay i'll i'll admit to that stupid stuff but it's it was all fun because there's a mystery about life there's a funness about it and if you can't crack jokes about your dumb moments this, just because we have a better understanding of it now. Back in the day, there were people that were probably trying to talk to trees. There were probably oh, people yeah, doing. Definitely. You'll see them today. They're just called homeless people. But back in the <laughs> day, they were they were are they were they were psych, psych, psycho witches. They were these things. It all created a different form based on a system of education and a better understanding with all this evidence that comes out about science. Now, is science not modern day magic? Yeah, I, I think that I think it's perception though, because to me, I mean, people might look at my rituals and my practices and think, well, this girl's just doing a lot of things with some herbs and some jam jars, and 
you hold know, on, just hold on. What are your <laughs> what are your rituals and practices? Are you are you going as far as I, I there was a story I heard at a Christmas Eve party that my mom says this story has to be 100 percent true because he said this same story for 26 years and I have never believed him. And I'm sitting there talking to the guy. I'm like, what happened? He's like, dude, I, I, I was with this girl one night. We were going up to her bed. I was drunk. I started, you know, I got ready to get down to business. Next thing I know, she's like, shut your eyes. I'm fucking tied to a chair um, with my hands behind my back. I think we're getting into some weird stuff. And he goes, she came out with a bunch of people all wearing black robes, and they all started throwing chicken blood on me. Oh, he had to no, jump out of no, a window. No. And I, I was even me, so that's not going to be me. <laughs> I was sitting there like, okay, all right, sure you did, buddy. But he was a hundred percent belief of it. And my mom and everyone around him is like, he's been telling the same exact story, the same exact detail. Nothing has changed. <laughs> Nothing was added for twenty six years. No, none of my rituals involve any chicken blood. Like I don't even eat meat. I'm definitely not going to be. Um, yeah, but that's the difference. I, you know, obviously my form of witchcraft is respecting all nature I mean I can't even I'm I'm crying if one of my plants dies like that's the extent I'm at I'm not that bad but just as an example don't don't (laughs) don't be upset about crying over if a plant dies I had a tomato plant when I was like 12 years old I, I I had that thing for so long. I mean, a good eight months, I watched this giant thing grow and it brought a tear to my eye when this thing was growing. I grew my own tomatoes, okay? They're the best. <laughs> There's no better feeling when you grow your own shit. Exactly, and actually getting the produce from them. I mean, when I was a kid, I remember my... Um, granddad used to take me out to his and um, they lived in Cornwall which is like the middle of nowhere it's like moorland and you know it's, it's full of amazing wild stories in the UK it's a really magical place it's went to me to be where you know Merlin was King Arthur anyway, oh, so my, oh, oh yeah so real like witchy territory uh, I love that stuff okay yeah that yeah. I, I used to have like I used to read books um back in the day that would have these like mystery they would it was I forgot what it's called it's like the treehouse or something. I forgot what it is. The magic magic faraway tree. I don't think. I don't know. You're. Oh, from, okay. No, that's another famous English book. But I was about to say. Um, lived in uh, they lived in uh, Cornwall so it's a really magical mystical place genuinely like they had um they lived on a moor it was called Bobmin Moor which is a really it's near to the Jamaica Inn which is like a really famous pub um that was really super haunted. And um, it's been in films. It's really famous here. And they had like witch trees out on the moor. So it was just the whole land. It was, you know, they had like mini versions of Stonehenge on the moor. So it was really connected land. Um, But some of my best memories, and this is just so basic, but was my granddad um, just like digging up the potatoes. And for me, that was just like gold, like popping out. I think that's where it all started, like this obsession with growing stuff. But I think it's, you know, that in itself, like you were 12, you grew this tomato plant. I'm just trying to say that any, anything can be magic. It's your perception of it. I mean, I find, you know, growing things, that's, that's another energy. That's another sort of transformation. And I think um, life is, you know, life is what you make of it anyway. For me, getting into the witchcraft side of thing really was, um, you know, mental health wise, it really helped me. Um, I'm quite a strong person, but I had some really dark days. And it was the first thing that really 
got me out of a place that I didn't want to be um, just by reading stuff and just got me again, like focusing that energy into good stuff, not, not being one of those uh, wet towel people that you were talking about, you know, moving away from the negative and just, you know, just that, that really helped me basically. Um, just yeah, we all, we all need something to pull ourselves out of a, a rough spot. I yeah. like what you talk about, but we all have um, really a belief in a magic into something because you can pull the magic out of the littlest things. I, the easiest thing you can correlate magic to is creativity. The amount of yeah. inspiration it can spark, you know, being able to stick your hand on a painting and, you know, or being able to just put a pen or pencil to paper and watch your mind go off, whether it's writing or drawing, that's creative, that's magic. Watching somebody's spark of inspiration truly hit the paper or any form of creativity, whether it's music, it's magic in that way. I mean, there's, there's literally a feeling or saying known as magic in the air. Whether that's um, just the overall sensation of the room, the ambiance, whatever you want to call it, but that's a true thing. It's true magic to watch a bunch of things seem like they come together at the right time and place. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, we talked about science and magic and so on, but I think you can even feel, like you were saying about the weather too, you can just feel sometimes this, we have a lot of times that can just be really mundane you know just doing the norm but every now and again you just have a little time certain times in your life and you can feel that you know like the air crackles you can kind of feel like this electricity I mean I don't think that's just me I just think that sometimes there'll be moments and you know you'll just be in perfect alignment coming back to the creativity side of things I mean a lot of people would say that when you are when people paint when they write music when they're you're in your flow aren't you that's kind of seen as when spirit channels through somebody and again that's the sort of magic um I just think with the age of Aquarius and people are just more focused on that outlet of their personality we've gone from um the times where we just pretty much everybody just worked like you know we've gone from the kind of the 80s and and the boom times where that's all anybody really focused about is just like more money, more money, more money. And I think that there's such a shift now where people are trying to, um, you know, have jobs that they involve that might incorporate their art and their creativity. I think we're much more aware of working in positions that we really, you know, we, we really love and doing things that light us up. Um, so well, yeah, I just, I just money, money has became, uh, modern form of magic now mostly because you want to talk about something that grants fucking wishes is money okay yeah. how many yeah. times can you be like i want to go in this club okay instead of wishing or rubbing a genie lamp three times you could just pay a certain amount of money next thing you know you're in um how many times do you want something uh do you rely so much on i wish i wish i wish i wish that's not that anymore not a lot of people no, aren't in belief not. of that anymore we don't have that creativity or that spark of um i would call not dumbness i would call that spark of innocence uh yeah. where we would think that a wish or maybe a belief in something it might happen you know when i wish upon a star well sorry you can't go outside and look at stars anymore because we've polluted the air so much that now it's covered <laughs> up by something and it just looks fucking dark when it's dark out 
but you could work with the moon and use your rituals so if and i'd love to take a picture of the full moon and you can certainly bring in then i mean you know if you look at that power that can be harnessed and brought in and i remember when i was a kid um my dad used to say to me i used to know if you were being nuts because I could tell because it was like a full moon. You know, he'd always say, like, you would just be unhinged at this time, like a full moon. You'd always come undone. Um, but, yeah, I, I, you know, you no, you can't just wish on a star and hope for the best. Like, you've got to put in the action. But I think as long as you show up, then that energy of the universe or whatever you believe in will channel through you and, you know, help. <laughs> you want to know how stupid I am? When I, when I was a kid or not even a kid, I won't even give myself that much credit. This is about, <laughs> this is about this is last week. <laughs> this, this is about maybe three years ago. I was 19 probably. So me and my buddies were at the mall um, and we were just, you know, having like a free day. It was like a Saturday. And I looked over to this, this wishing fountain. And I, I was like, I, I was like, I was going to crack a joke and say something funny when I flicked the quarter in and wished. And I was like, Hey dude, take your phone out and take a video of this. So this is all recorded. And my buddy has it. He put it up on my birthday. It was pretty funny. Cause I totally forgot about it. And he goes, check this out. And I go, I wish I wasn't gay. And I flicked the quarter into the water fountain and there's this random old man in the background and he just goes, good luck. And it's all <laughs> and I swear to God, like you get to see me laugh. That's my legit actual laughter. Me and him watch that video. It's like, it's so simple, but so funny and was not expected. But it's that simple. Like wishing something, a wish, you know, that gave faith that gave like a belief in a child's eyes and to some adults, you know, how many people get to the edge as an adult, feel like their life has gone down the shitter and they've lost everything. And they can just go to a water fountain and say, I really wish I would get a good stroke of luck soon. Flick the coin. And then whether it happens because of that or not, I don't know, but something comes their way. It seems like they get a break. Yep. And the thing that's where, you know, we look at nowadays, I mean, you know, when you had the book like The Secret come out and just everyone was obsessed with manifesting and working on, you know, putting out there what they wanted. Everyone had vision boards. Everybody did all of that. But it was the same thing. It was like using that energy, harnessing that energy. And if you say something enough and you think it enough, um, it can it can happen. I think it's a little bit wishy-washy. I think you have to, you know, when they talk about this, um, with, you know, the manifesting side of things, like, you know, that was a huge trend. I mean, it still is, but when The Secret came out, it just, it went humongous. Um, I think it's kind of, not in a fake it till you make it way, but I think you you have to mirror like you have to mirror how you see yourself and what you think you're what you deserve if that makes sense you know and and I think that's where for me a lot of the um a lot of the practices and you asked me about the rituals and so on a lot of it is just being in tune with yourself and nature and it's really just self-care a lot of it just being aligned and understanding things and you know 
and and just feeling sort of settled in yourself and how you put yourself out there and how you respond to people because you're kind of all right with yourself so you talked about people saying that your stuff would be considered weird now what types of like take me through your ritual process here okay like take me in through the life of carly when she does her (laughs) rituals i would like to know there's no killing chickens for sure definitely not um but i would i mean for me the moon the moon is a really key part of my ritual so i will um do things like i'll work to cleanse my house um because that's an there isn't there can be an energy in your place you know we're talking about my home but you know where i work from so you want to get rid of the old energy in a place so that will be through sort of saging using incense um but mainly it's just symbolic so cleaning and you know opening the window to let the bad energy out um and a lot of you know that's a that's that's a real modern day witchcraft you know aspect um taking a bath before you're gonna do some spells um so i do actually actually cast some spells always good you know i don't actually get into anything dark like we said earlier um but i'll you know i have a i've got a part of my room that i use as a altar I'll cast my circle. I work with all the elements. Um, all right, I, all right. We gotta we gotta take this a step by step process. Okay. <laughs> you do a circle. Okay. Now. Yeah. You you gotta you gotta okay for someone that isn't me that is gonna hear that you 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 do a circle a chanting circle or something in um uh, a type of whatever if it's just a form of meditation and lighting candles they immediately think pentagon so make sure we clarify you're not drawing a pentagon pentagon on your kitchen floor and sitting down and praying to something where your cat's like what the fuck is she doing no the actual it's a circle so it's like all of your four elements um so you'll put you know you put out like you can use like either sand on incense and you know candle yeah you use a candle for fire you use um water get a cup of water or something use earth you could use a rock you can use dirt my this is what my aunt was telling me you want to use and it's more to because to be honest i actually know a lot of um psychics that will do the same and that circle is it's purely for your own protection so that you're not inviting any unwanted energies in um so actually that's more of the that's that's really what it's for you know it's not anything ominous nothing untoward nothing dodgy it's literally kind of purifying keeping your energy in um and i'll use that circle and i'll use different candles so you talked about the different candle colors for you know different um different colors being attuned to different practices so if you wanted to do like a money spell you'd use like a green colored candle if you wanted to do a spell in relation to love you'd use maybe like a pink candle so you just you know you you tune it in accordingly you create, um, a, you create a balance that's going to invoke the type of emotions you would want to get so if you yes. want to you want it like you were saying create a use a pink candle for love pink in is is uh is what we consider a color form of love um it's what we could our hearts are all shaped after and all these types of things you use the the color pink you don't make a black heart unless you want to talk about someone that's lost or is suffering from a tragedy you know um it's crazy because a lot of what you're saying is what my aunt was telling me she does and she took me through her little ritual in her house as well and i just i didn't find anything where 
anybody or an average person would consider that's just really, really weird and strange. It's really yeah. not because it's called creating yeah. a sense of balance into oneself. It's the same reason when you want to give yourself a pep talk to go out in the morning um, to be able to do something that you're afraid of doing. You give yourself that little pep talk in the mirror, like, come on, you got this, you know, you fucking eye of the tiger. Let's go. Let's get the yeah. day. And that gets you pumped up to go that because what you're doing is you're really creating an environment influence. You're creating something around you that is keeping you at peace or harmony, which we're all kind of searching for. You know, the, the ancient monks believed in this, whether it's Buddhism, whether it's just the, the average monk that sits there and tries to meditate. It's about finding your inner self. And the easiest way to do that is obviously creating a good environment to do that in, whether it's yeah. silence for a form of meditation, or whether it is going out into nature, doing a yoga pose on the beach, watching the sunrise. It's going to create positive emotion inside of you where it's not so difficult to do that on your own. You feel like you have a boost of help in a way. And I know you were saying earlier about, you know, you find it quite hard to calm your mind. I'm exactly the same because I'm always running 100 miles per hour. So that I find really helps you. It centers you. It grounds you because that can be a real issue, I think, for a lot of us. Yeah. Um, I mean, I suffer from yeah. ADHD and yeah. I don't, I, yeah. my, there is no sleep in my life. It just that doesn't happen. And, and yeah. I, I remember my aunt was telling me, she's like, what's your spirit animal? I don't know if you believe in a spirit animal. Yeah. Um, yeah. What's your spirit animal? I've got a tiger and I, and you know what? I couldn't have even like, I'm, I'm a Leo. I'm not really a tiger fan. You know, I, it wasn't kind of like, Oh, I'm just going to get a really strong animal. Um, I actually went on a, um, I went to a mind body spirit festival years ago and, um, had the most surreal, like I'm, I'm a terrible meditator, awful, absolutely awful, because I'm the same like you, my, you know, um, I, my brain just is constantly going and, you know, due to my own mental health issues, I, you know, I, I've got, um, you know, like a similar aspect to my personality and, so meditation was really hard for me. Um, but yeah, spirit animal, definitely, I'd say the tiger, but I believe that that really is, how you see a part of yourself, if that makes sense. It, when you've it got does. Spirit animal, it's like an element of you, but you're it is. It creating is. it into a you, something you need to look at visually in your mind. I, I got. I, I I want to hop in here because I can tell you tell. All right, so I'm going to tell you what my aunt told me about how I was like, how do you how do you even say what someone's spirit animal is? How do you know what yours? And she's a connection whether you see the animal yourself or whether it's someone tells you like how you said somebody told you that yours was the tiger when you went to a spirit festival. Now, what you saying that it's on the basis of I can tell that you have a strong side to you, a ferocious side to you. More, not on this ones that is always aggressive, but more like you know what you want. You are persistent. You're able to hunt down what you need, similar characteristics that you would see in a tiger. A lot of people look at a tiger and think they're just nasty, angry beasts. No, what they are is they're they can be focused and they can be determined when they are put on a path that they feel like they need to be determined for. Yeah. It's more of a protective thing too. My aunt was telling me that she, her spirit animal is the wolf. She is like to be alone, but knows how to take care of her pack. 
Yeah. She told me one that I was like, okay. Um, she was like, Robbie, your spirit animal is the sloth. I was like, fuck, <laughs> like, fuck it is the sloth. Are you kidding me? I can't sit down for shit. She was, what's one animal you would always, what's one animal you always tell me you used to love all the time and you used to wish you had one that you would save up all your money for? I said, a sloth. She goes, do you remember how much that sloth costs? I was like, yeah, they're $5,000 and they're fucking awesome. And she was like, I was like, I had a plan for it and everything. I was going to put a hammock in my room. I was going to do a bunch of stuff. And then I bought a goldfish. I went way, <laughs> I downgraded way hard. And um, she told me, she's like, now, why do you want to be the sloth? She's like, because you naturally want to slow down, right? I was like, yeah, yeah, it would be nice not to think of 80 things at once and also be able to talk at a level. She's like, just do me a favor. Put your mind and body at a form that you would think or a type of pace a sloth would react. So eventually I started talking like I was a sloth. I was kind of more like, yeah, I guess that's, and I started slowing down. I felt like I took my normal speed and went down a couple notches. Next yeah. thing I know, I found myself thinking clearer. And I do this at times now where I feel like I'm rushing too much. I'll take a step back, take a deep breath, and put my mind in the in the form of a sloth type style to the point where I slow down. We have these things about us, these inner things about us based on our personality traits. This is what makes it very, very common when you're on your phone or you're on the internet and it says, guess what astral sign you identify as or yeah. this type of quiz that you take and you want to know. What superhero are you? Because you want to know and they're basing it off of a – generated list of questions and like answers that go towards a certain thing. But if you actually took that time to make a more detailed test for yourself, you might be able to unlock the inner you. I certainly agree with that. I mean, in terms of me saying about thinking minds, you know, seeing a tiger was because I think I, I've always had real issues with being way too sensitive like from a kid always got I mean always got a bit bashed for that I was you know I never I was, I was quite lucky at school I was you know I was a bit of a gentle giant so I never really got um any grief you know but I just always felt that I the tiger element for me it just helped me with you know, fear and not being anxious and, and especially putting yourself out there in, in more recent years with doing the work that I'm doing at the moment. But I do think you're right. We, we will use um, spirit animals and, you know, for part of our identity as a kind of, yeah, like a sort of encouragement really. So for me, the tiger, cause I just used to get so anxious, I was too sensitive. I needed a little bit of that ferociousness to kind of get me out there basically. You don't want to feel like you were staying hidden in a way. You wanted to be, um, I guess, not really desensitized, but more of kind of on as well as have a shield up, you know, have a suit of mm -hmm. armor, but know when to drop it when needed. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, a lot. This is what, what makes um, like astral signs that people like to identify as now, you know, instead of saying you're born in December, someone will be like, I'm a Sagittarius. I'm like, well, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> 
don't trust them they're a scorpio or whatever that's like yeah so they do that whole that. thing like <laughs> you can never trust a taurus i'm like <laughs> such a blanket statement and that's what? it <laughs> like what do you mean but then when you look at your astral sign also the weird thing about them is that they have a form that's adaptive to it that is sometimes relatable to one's characteristics like my buddy who's a taurus is known to be stubborn my buddy is stubborn as hell um he likes fire aries is that month that birth um god whatever that would go with taurus the bull um me i'm a capricorn i uh i like that aspect of it because i'm a fucking goat and fish at the same time i've always <laughs> loved water i've always if I, you know if i went to the beach i was never the person that sat on the sand i was always the person that was in the water 24 7 practically a fish and i love that whole aspect because it, it's all about a really a creative form and another way you can kind of create this fascination in this little extended part of yourself if you can kind of understand that absolutely and i think it's really interesting when you look into your ascending signs and you know again that's all um that's all attached to the moon and you know the stars and when you were born you know if you if you look at you can actually bring up your ascending sign like your rising sign your sun sign um all different you know aspects from when you were born and it's quite interesting I mean mine's quite out there because I've got three fire signs but I don't know I think you as we were saying before I think you can generalize and say oh you know they're a Taurus what do you expect but I do think that a lot of the time they are pretty spot on (laughs) I do tend to judge I know someone that is a Gemini and I swear (laughs) that's the one that that's the one where you see in um horror and like comedy that thing, the little two faces you see on like old theater acts and that whole style of literature. It's yes. about the two twins. So it's so like two um, individual personalities inside of one person is a good side and a bad side. Look, I know someone that's Gemini and I swear to God, sometimes I'm like, damn, you go from really, really nice one minute to I'm about to push you down a cliff the next. I'm like, shit, it's like <laughs> I'm dealing with two different people. There's, It's not hot and cold. It's like here's super, super burning, scoldering. It's like a fucking hot pocket. And then you'll have to confuse things even more. Like you'll have the moon in a certain sign as well. So at the moment, I think it's like moon in Scorpio. Um, then you've got like everyone sort of panicking. So it's like Mercury in retrograde. And, and if you're you know, a cancer, <laughs> you're a fucking crab. Can you believe that? They got the raw end of the deal on that one. Yes. <laughs> so at the moment, everyone's kind of like, oh God, Mercury's in retrograde. Like communication's going wrong. And, you know, everyone's being really mean to one another. And yeah, there's so many. It's funny because um, even people that aren't, don't class themselves as witches, like there seems to be such a huge um, surge of people interested in, you know, just everybody in, in astrology and um, what's going on with the planets, you know, just feeling that the energy is off and, a bit of you know at the moment it really does feel like that with because I think Mercury's in retrograde till 20th of November but the amount of memes and people that are posting stuff just blaming it on calling out their shit at the moment it's really interesting it's crazy because <laughs> when you take a horoscope test like so, sometimes you're reading those and I is I do think it's also like a if you read something like oh, oh that, that must be it that must be what it's like kind of giving you like a thing to kind of believe in but when you're reading them it's like a capricorn it's like good with money a loyalty all these types of attributes i'm like i'm exactly like that like i'm loyal to a fucking to no ends bar and i'm like reading it i'm like but it's also telling me things like good characteristics i like to look at the ones that tell me the shittiest ones like capricorn you know you're 
you don't really think about things. You kind of just you're you're too much. Um, you, you're too loyal to a point where you you trust everyone. And I'm like, ah, that's true. Um, you know, I learned from mistakes too. But I think it's all about like it's it's you know the astral thing was a was a fascination not only with our just our wantingness of wanting to be amongst the stars, but it was also a way for pirates and these ship travelers to be able to find their way back home by being able to navigate through the star system. Um, that's my fascination too. You know, how many times as a kid would you try and look up and find the little dipper, the big dipper, all these wonderful things. And now you can't even see them anymore. I think as well, coming back to witchcraft, I mean, really a lot of this is an identification of a lot of the old ways. So even you just talking about astrology and the stars, and that's a big part of, you know, to be honest, a lot of my craft has just involved research and reading tens and, you know, tens of hundreds of books on different aspects of bits like that. Um, you know, I study the moon, like I'm into moonology. I look at all of that. Um, what about the moon though? What about the moon? I only know from my school classes that taught me there's a waxing crescent, which I still don't understand what that is. Uh, there's a, I only know like when a giant eclipse comes like don't stare at the sun Robbie I'm like don't do what like Robbie you're staring (laughs) at the sun I'm like I'm looking right at it I don't know what you're telling me I don't see it I don't see oh that's right because I'm blind (laughs) yeah just in terms of you know and like you say like the waxing giver you know waxing givers you've got like you've got the full moon you've got there's so many different um every single part of what the moon is doing is a is a you know you'll notice that you might be in like a resting period so you might start a new project in the new moon um and that's the time to get it going you know and then you'll sort of bring everything all of your matters you'll start to bring to a close for the full moon before you start a new period of your life if if that makes sense like you can use you can use different times of the moon you know for expansion so if you wanted to bring in money if you wanted to bring in success then you'd use the part of the moon when it's starting to in you know increase in size um if you wanted to read habits from your life then you'd sort of start to look at when it decreases in size so that's that's quite interesting how the moon was played to um yeah i mean and and the moon as well. I mean, I live right by the sea. I mean, I'm I'm originally from London. Hey, but I'm I'm from a town that has ocean on the one side and then bay on the other. We're surrounded by water. Hey, you're talking to a guy that uh, his summers was spent guiding, um, doing jet skis and all these things that relied off the water. A lot of people don't understand the impact of the moon and the water. A lot of people are like, oh, imagine yeah. if it was just if it was just sunny twenty four seven. We never had night. I oh, don't. No, I hate night. I'm like, you understand if that happened, our water system would be messed up the oceans wouldn't know when uh, tides would be out of control you can predict the tide based on the moon you can also predict that the what the the ocean you can predict what the weather will be like based on the ocean calm before the storm i, I don't know how many times i wake up in the morning i won't look at my weather app because half the time I, not even half more than half the weatherman is fucking wrong still has a yeah. job still has a job though but i can literally walk outside i'll look right at the water and be like all right it looks like I'm, I'm, I'm guessing there's going to be a storm later today. And next thing you know, there'll be a storm later in the day because you can base everything off the water and the water is directly coordinated to, correlated to the moon. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, you know, I mean, you were, you were saying earlier about the weather. I don't know about you, but, and especially because I'm right by the sea. I've always, I think I've, I needed that really just because I think um, the energy is so strong. I used to live literally over the road 
from the sea itself and just, you know, could look out my window and see it. And I used to find like genuinely, and I'm not trying to sound all woo-woo and out there, but I, the, any full moon or new moon, it felt so much, you know, so heightened as a result of living right on the sea. Like my moods would be really out or, you know, up. It just really felt completely different to, I mean, I'm a little bit further in, in lands now. Um, but then, you know, if you look at a full moon, that's the time when emergency services are at their most, they, they're literally like, they'll be at full capacity. You know, you'll get more visits to hospitals, you'll get more incidents, like police are on a higher alert, um, you'll get more issues with, you know, drunk people, um, you know, like local clubs and pubs and stuff like that. They'll sort of, they'll be aware that that increases people's you know, bad behavior. Oh, um, it's just, it's just animals. It's just like what happens to animals in a full moon? They just lose the plot. He, so people, it's just really interesting. And, and, you know, and also I don't want to go too down that line, but obviously females, like a lot of our, um, you know, menstruation period is, it has always historically like tied in with what the moon's doing. So it has such a huge effect on us. And I think we, we don't, I think we're so wrapped up with, a lot of the modern day stuff, we just forget that that's part of us. Like it's part of our ancestral history and we're not always aware of it anymore. Do you think that, you know, with the type of kind of religion, it seems like it is coming down um, a little bit. It seems like it's not really being the most popular majority anymore. Do you think more people are going to be in belief of things of this sort? Yeah, I think there's a fine line though, because I think there's some people will be attracted to, you know, Wicca or some of the witch, the witchcraft stuff, more for the aesthetic side. Like there's definitely an element of that. If you look on Pinterest, Instagram, which is fine. Everyone's got their own reason for coming to certain things. But I think if you don't actually look at what it's all about and try and understand the land, you know, what's going on with, with the land and all the different old beliefs, I just think it's a little bit pointless. You know, it's all good and well getting tons of skull tattoos and I don't know, like having an altar just for the amazing crystals and stuff. But I think you've got to actually have some kind of understanding of it. And, and don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm never going to say that I know everything or, you know, there's like as like anywhere near as much as I should about witchcraft and, you know, the old ways. I, I don't think it's a competition either for people to be, you know, Oh, I know more than you about that. I'm a better witch than you. I don't think it's like that. And, I think there can be a little bit of competition at times with that, which is really stupid. Um, but yeah, I think people are losing their way. Um, you know, and I think people try to get back to the old ways as well, because it's quite overwhelming, you know, how things are nowadays. And we've got all the whole discussion about climate crisis. And, and I think people will start to go back a bit and be a bit more in tune with it through you know, witchcraft and, and, and Wicca. Well, you, so I think a lot of what people consider now is witchcraft, even, you know, their basis or understanding of it is all because of what gets played on in television. They yeah. Get a bad, <laughs> bad view of it. And honestly, it's not what that is. It's honestly what people can take of the meaning and what it really means to somebody else. So how did you start your podcast called the White Witch Podcast? I really felt that there was nobody here in the UK that 
was actually sort of showing up to talk about anything witchcraft related. Um, I know in America, it's such a huge field. You know, there, there's the witchcraft, the numbers have boomed massively. Um, and I kept looking to America and seeing, you know, all these amazing um you know, people on YouTube, people on the podcast doing things and thinking, wow, there's no real like, you know, there's a few people in the UK doing something, but it's certainly not where it could be. You know, I think it's starting to um, gain a little bit of steam a bit more. Yeah, I just but I can really see how things are taking off. And it's always been there for me. But I think we're coming out of the broom closet a bit more now. And, you know, we're trying to we're starting to find our place um again you know like especially in the UK I just think it's so much more um behind than it is in America so yeah that's that's ultimately why I started up the podcast and it was just really a free resource to anyone interested in the craft um I'd love it if I picked up some American listeners of course you know but I just think that it needed a bit more of a voice here and I've literally just started out but really that's my intention just to just you know dig a little dig a little hole in the UK market really I, I see it's funny because I have to bring this up um because you're from the UK so why do you drive on the wrong side of the road do you think there might be some <laughs> witchcraft spells that can might fix that I, I just I'm only kidding I'm only kidding <laughs> no it's true it's true <laughs> yeah I think we are the only ones that decided to do it differently and it's just like completely horrendous for us if ever to be honest we're the ones that pay if we go away and we want to drive we're stuffed because we can't cope yeah <laughs> I think like it's it's crazy because I you know for me being in America we have a, a different understanding, obviously, on things, but it seems like we're we can still be able to conversate. We can still have this type of style and still same like interests. A lot of people don't see that, and that's why a lot of people are turned off to watching something that's not in their country or not where they're from. And I'm like, it gives the person, if anything, gives you more validity onto what you're saying as well. I mean, I've only gotten so much knowledge from other people, like other countries. You know, I mean, mostly because the times that I'm up are when people in my country are asleep, and people in another country are awake um time zones being a major kind of very hard to schedule things but i love that there's this thing about you first of all your podcast like you said you were it's just starting out but it's, it's a good concept it's a wonderful concept because surprisingly there's a large audience for this a lot of people want to believe in something like this and do have beliefs and stuff of this sort it doesn't mean carrying a rabbit's paw around your neck it doesn't mean simple things like this it just means it's it's about having a belief in something rather than be, truly trying to believe in nothing where it seems like if you can't believe in what the force down religion is, you have to believe in nothing. And that's not always true. Absolutely. Ultimately for me, I really think it was to change the perception of how, which is a scene. I still think we get tarnished with how, Guy, literally we're talking how things were perceived in the witch hunts you know I still think that's there I remember when a really good friend of mine bought gifted me my first set of tarot cards I must have been about 18 and I showed my nan I was so excited my nan was like really old school bless her she literally looked like she was going to jump out of her skin when I got these cards out to show her and it was like no 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 we don't touch that we don't get involved with that so it just started this kind of 
oh, that's not safe to discuss. That's not safe to talk about. So that there's that that's still an element. There's still an element of that there, definitely. But really, for me, what I'm trying to show is that wow, like most of us witches, we're just there with our like plants and our you know and our herbs and our candles and our little innocent rituals that I've just explained to you, you know, where we're kind of maybe like hoping for some abundance or some self-love. It's, it's really innocent. And, you know, there are, of course, there's elements of, you know, people that people will, will get involved in the dark side, of course, but well, you could be in any religion or any form of, you know, spiritual belief and go down that path. It's just for me, changing the perception of everything and, showing people how beautiful it can actually be what's now we, we talked about the circle obviously but we talked what about spices what types of things do you use since you type of burn i know some people that burn like those incense things i can't fucking stand those okay <laughs> if you if you burn incense and it says it smells like it calm and serene no it's honestly pissing me <laughs> off even more it smells like burning ass but <laughs> There is good spices to add in food, though. Like, you know, if you add a certain type of weed, eat a certain type of herb, you might see a beneficial effect from it. Because if you look at the back of a supplement, it has that root, like, like, I think it's called um, gondolion root. And then there's not ganja, but it's it's a it's a form of um, type of immune booster. Also, if you look at things from cranberry extract, things from berries, it's, uh, it shows a benefit. But they're in supplements too. Yeah, yeah. I really don't go to the doctors. That sounds awful because I have always gone down the herbal medicine route and I'm not talking you know marijuana or anything like that I don't do anything like that but um for me I just um I really feel that that's another element of it actually the um the use of plants and you know understanding what you can use and because food has got an energy and you know what you put into your body I know you're like a real fitness freak can't you like you love working out and everything um and when you talk about sort of spirituality and food, I know some of the Buddhist, like some of the Buddhists and so on, will talk about um, like a, a food having an energy, being like a dead or alive food. So if you're eating like junk food, I mean everything in moderation, of course, but there is an energy in that food that you carry into your body. So certainly with coming back to um, like the sense and so on, I think, sorry, I've gone a bit off topic there, but yeah, I think, you know, there's, there are, there, in terms of what I use, I mean, I, I try to use a lot of, again, my own herbs. I'll have like green baths where I'll just stick in there, like some mint, rosemary. It literally looks like a floating pond and I'll just use the sense from that. Um, so I was talking about coming back to medicine as well and the supplements. I, um, I actually visit a herbalist. So going back like two or three years, I had, um, I was pretty in a pretty bad way, sort of feeling really low mental health wise. And I just felt, you know, everyone's got their own beliefs, but let me go down, like, let me have a chat with a herbalist, see what she can give me. You know, if you look at really hardcore drugs that you can get, ultimately they're formed from something in nature. So if you think, I think a lot of us will rule out the herbal route, um, thinking, oh, that's not going to be strong enough against a man-made drug. But if you think, you know, cocaine comes from, you know, comes from a plant, heroin comes from poppies, surely you can find a, um, you know, a herbal medicine that can 
calm, you know, for whatever, anything that you need. Um, I was so stunned by what a herbalist did for me in that respect. And it was literally using really base, you know, like licorice and lavender and just the whole blend of these different herbs. Honestly, really sorted me out like got me on an even kill so I think it's we we underestimate so much what's there for us in nature and what we can actually use it's really just taking the time to find these things as well obviously everybody wants a cure-all fix-all you know they drink something it's going to make the headache go away sooner um it's all about also if you start the process of possibly digesting or incorporating types of herbs and elements, you'll start to see noticeable gains. It's the same thing you can correlate to the gym. You're not going to see progress immediately. It's going to take time. It's going to take a lot of effort to go into it. Um, but it's a buildup process. It eventually hits you down the road um, with supplements, with uh, herbs, with any of these types of things that you ingest or use. It's to show beneficial support to your life. It's not immediate, but eventually it'll build up something you know what I mean yeah yeah and it's kind of also thinking long term like how sustainable is it to use something man-made as a long-term measure if you're using something herbal then yeah I just kind of feel like it is it's a little bit easier to live with as a long-term need if that makes sense um, but again, it's it's back to the old ways. It's like research. It's like getting to understand things. Don't I'm not there trying to figure out how I can cure, you know, like serious, you know, I don't know, sort of, you know, serious things through creating my own, you know, herbal remedies. But I do think that there's a lot to be said for the herbal medicine route. And again, those old ways still funnel into, you know, areas like that and are really beneficial. So my herbalist herself, she's actually a witch. Um, like, she, you know, she's she's a true, um, you know, pagan Wiccan witch. And, um, it, you know, her house looks like a apothecary. It's amazing. Um, but it's just her harnessing the green witch side of her as a career. Finding more of like, I mean, I'm, there's modern forms of this now. Like when you go to a supplement shop, instead of going to a supplement shop, looking for an apothecary, but everyone goes, oh, apothecary, they're a witch. They're going to sell you some types of rabbit skull and all these things. It's like, no, it's actually a probably a more reliable person to go into and actually trust because they're going to actually give you things that they know about that are beneficial to helping yourself without using heavy grade pharmaceutical things added onto it that might end up causing stomach cancer like raisin yeah. bran. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. And I think as well, for me, I think I was so, you know, really at that point, just quite cynical and, uh, you know, thought, oh, you know, I'll just give it a go, like, last measure. Um, but genuinely, I was, you know, I, was, I really was so surprised at how how good and, and you know, how, how beneficial the herbal medicine route was. And that's how I think for me, you know, my mum had recommended, I said to you at the beginning, I think my mum's always, my mum's a bit of a hippie, you know, she's always been, um, she's an ex-gardener, you know, she was a real, a real empath, um, always turned back to nature, always preaching on at me and my brother about, you know, the benefits of, of nature. So I think it was always there, but she just didn't give herself the title of a witch. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, hey, Carly, I mean, we've 
talked about things from the modern day witch to the old school witch. But if you could take witchcraft, okay, if I was going to give you this question, take witchcraft at any point where it's now, where it might be in the future or where it is in the past, would you want to shift it in any which direction? Do you think we should go back to old school ways of teaching it where it was more powerful? I like that idea on the basis of it seemed there was a lot more belief into it and a lot more it seemed like it was more badass i'd have to say um being able to uh i don't know if you know anything about the school of uh not just conjuration but destruction um no i don't actually no. fire bolts out of your hand i mean i maybe oh, I that's that. <laughs> maybe that's the guy aspect in me but yes. i could take a certain herb or pray to some certain candle or sell as honestly sell my soul maybe <laughs> hey the to, toss a, to toss a fireball are you kidding me i would any kid would, that's like modern day superpowers but where you can look at types of healing processes types of beneficial energy around us that's what wiccans come from you ever see the movie lady in the water no i haven't it's an no. M. Night Shyamalan film that kind of plays on the concept of that too but one of them was known as the healer and what he did was to heal this girl was they had a bunch of people in a group put their hands on him on his shoulders and just everybody kind of believing that that, that this person could heal this person and he, he was speaking to the natures and the forces around them and then her scars started to heal um, it was more of like, that's a type of energy, a reliance. I mean, there has to be something that like, when you can go to a, uh, let's say a, uh, a protest, all these people coming together to shout out in anger, it creates a type of tension, a type of vibe where you might get scared yeah. because it's creating a force, a negative energy. But imagine all of that, a bunch of people you know, like a freedom march movement or something where they come together and hold hands and sing about peace, love, like Woodstock days. That yeah, creates yeah. a feeling in the room where it's a sense of love. You know, those are times where war photos were taken, where you would see a soldier give a flower to a girl or a girl give a flower to a soldier. And the soldier put down his arms just to be able to kind of have that moment of humanity where they were supposed to strike authority and fear they felt like they couldn't because of the type of feeling they were being overcome with i mean there's this sensation around us if you had to suggest what people need to do more in their life what would you suggest it's going back to i think what i said earlier about if everybody genuinely stopped obsessing about what's going on in the media if they literally just looked at their immediate area so looked after their their you know, their family, their loved ones, their land, their animals. If everybody did that in their immediate surroundings and, you know, looked after everybody that they possibly could, I genuinely think that the whole world would be in a much better position because I think that we're so fear-driven by the media. And, and I might sound like a complete idiot, but I don't watch the news because I don't want to get into, you know, too much of a political um, side of things here but I can only control what's in my immediate vicinity so I can change my behavior and what I do and how I look and love you know people around me and I think that you were talking about energy and how it's all connected that ultimately extends out to people further along in the chain so my how my daughter treats people how um, my friends will treat people how my family will treat people I think if everybody did that 
that would be its own little form of magic. I, I definitely believe that there's a power to positivity. There's obviously a power to negativity. Um, being more beneficial, uh, structuring, kind of having more of a positive influence and outlook on the world is something the world does not really face nowadays. Uh, people are very, very negative. People are very, very um, turned off to others because it seems like anytime you try and open up the door to someone, you get flooded with too much. And that's just a problem that's going to get worse and worse and worse because nobody's communicating effectively anymore. Uh, we rely too much in technology and devices to make our lives easier rather than taking the time like what I try and do here by having a conversation, by just being able to no, nobody's going to be attacked. Nobody's going to be hurt. Nobody's going to be argued with nobody, anything, just taking the time to get to know somebody, having that type of faith restoring humanity. I mean, after this podcast that we've done, can you really say a hundred percent belief that you can leave this thing right now and immediately start hating everybody out in the world. Can you say that? No, I, think I was you- hoping you were going to say, yeah, I was hoping <laughs> you say, guess what, Robin? I can, <laughs> No, but it's, it, 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 we- I think it's a fear. <laughs> Sorry. <I'll see> you. <laughs> I can't see that. I think, I think that people, and you said this um, on another podcast that we, communicate incorrectly with one another. Like you said about somebody sending a text message, it gets misconveyed, you know, people will interpret it the wrong way. And I think we're so fear driven now. Like we're always so scared to do stuff. We're always so scared to put ourselves out there. We're always so scared to give someone a compliment or say something nice or do something nice for somebody because we've always got like this big wall up because we're scared that somebody's going to attack us or so we just go around being, you know, sort of mean to one another or just constantly defensive or giving off side eye. And I just think it's a real shame. I think, you know, you have to kind of approach life with a little bit of, well, you know, that's up to them. If they want to be like that, that's their choice, but I'm going to put out the best that I can and however they want to take it is completely up to them. If that makes sense, I think it's just got to be, you know, people genuinely are good, but I think sometimes it's just so fear-driven and stress-driven that we don't always see that, especially especially nowadays. Yeah, probably what you've heard me say in my podcast that you were saying about me talking about this is the concept of we have this adopted behavior now um, to not care about one another, to only be selfish when it takes something like a uh, catastrophe, a terroristic attack that brings us all together. Yeah. Uh, it's, 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 it's really, really hard and really, really difficult for people to understand that it, 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 that's the, what it takes nowadays is because we're not being relevant into each other's lives anymore. That does not mean you need to care about your neighbor, but it does mean you should take the time to get to know somebody or give yourself the opportunity to have a conversation, whether it's good or bad, whichever way you take from it is how you decide you want it to go. Um, it, it it's difficult. Obviously, it's not for everyone to be a conversationalist. I'm not saying it is. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I try and make it as uh, easy as possible to talk to me. I'm a lot. At, I'm a handful of times for sure. But it, it's it's about getting to understand and know one another and create this type of society that's not built upon a what I would call a shitty foundation. Um it's only shitty because we choose to 
live in a world that produces a type of routine, a structure that overall creates a type of depression and type of living that doesn't seem like you're really being alive. Completely. And connection is such a beautiful thing. I think with people that are the hardest or, you know, you're the ones that will dish out, you know, be abusive or be mean or, you know, however form it comes, are usually the most hurt and the ones that actually need to see somebody extending that connection or being kind, you know, genuinely the ones that hurt people hurt people. So I always feel that they're sometimes the ones I want to show up a bit more for, be a bit kinder to, because there's usually something behind it. But yeah, connection, I think that's ultimately it. And, you know, we have that, we have that with the media, we have that with the internet. And it's like, it can be used in a good way. It can be used in a really bad way too. But ultimately, yeah, it's, you know, coming back to what I was saying about, you know, if we all had that connection with our immediate um, loved ones, friends, family, work, I just think, you know, if we always looked, if we all looked after our little area, it could all come together correctly. Come together. <laughs> right now. <laughs> Over me. I don't even know the rest of the lyrics. I just know that quick, brief song. Beautiful. <laughs> that was, that was, see, that was a good tie-in right there. You didn't think I was going to do that. I was going to break out the old school classics. We've been talking Woodstock and all, so yes. <laughs> I know. I kept thinking about hippies for some reason. I kept thinking about giant people and afros, and then they would just roll up with like a bag of grass. I'm thinking of Jimi Hendrix now, and yeah. <laughs> oh, you would. Okay, I can see that because Jimi Hendrix had an afro. That is true. When I think Woodstock, I immediately think Jimi Hendrix. Legend, absolute legend. Murdered. I can play a bit of that on the guitar, but it's been a while. <laughs> All along the Watchtower, yeah. He was murdered. <laughs> Did you know that? There was a theory that he was killed by his manager. Oh, so my dad's a huge Jimi Hendrix fan, so much so that he actually, I think he, one of these guitars is it was in London and my dad got to touch it when nobody was looking. It was really naughty. But That's yeah. how famous I want to get. I want to put my underwear in a museum and then people want to touch my underwear and they talk about it for <laughs> generations and generations. <laughs> I touched his stain undies and it... It was a piece of him. You got more than a piece, people. I got more than a piece. <laughs> See, the, is it, you got to put it out there. you got to manifest it now. So you work with the moon. You can get there. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get your message out somewhere. Mine's on the back of my, my undies. It says Tuesday because that's my Tuesday <laughs> briefs. <laughs> oh, God. I love how we just went from witchcraft to Jimi Hendrix in a matter of like a second and then immediately to underwear. That's exactly. It's a good <laughs> seamless link, Robbie. I love it. It was brilliant. <laughs> well, Carly, I want to give you here a minute at the end to be able to promote your content. So please tell everybody a little bit about your podcast and what it's about. Well, obviously not what it's about, but where they can find you at. So it's called the White Witch Podcast and you can find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, um, I'm on Instagram as well, which is actually at the White Witch Company. I'm fairly new to the podcast, but I will be putting it out on a weekly basis. And uh, yeah, I'd be keen to hear from 
anybody, you know, interested in the craft, any stories anybody's got to tell at the moment, I'm delving into some of the, um, funny enough, I think you may have seen the post I did about the true story of the Blair Witch, which is truly terrifying. But obviously I'm trying to show us witches in a good light. I'm just kind of following on from some of the Halloween topics that I covered on the supernatural side. So yeah, that's me, the White Witch Podcast. Well, thank you so much, Carly, for being on the podcast and stay tuned for our next episode.